already then. This is Dr. Ruth. Glory to God. Jesus is Lord. So let us uh, pick it up and continue with the teaching today. Okay, we go right away into verse 13. The Lord is going to teach about the narrow and the wide gates. And in verse 13, the Lord says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. Verse 14, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. Oh boy, so true. What the Lord is, uh, is teaching here is really the fact that many people unfortunately are deceived to believe that many roads or many ways lead to eternity with God. But that is not true. That is false. Only one way. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the only way that leads to eternity with the only true living God. That is really, really what the Lord is saying. Because many people are deceived that there are many roads, there are many ways to having a relationship with God. And that is a lie. And it's scary because the Lord is saying that that wide get there, many people are heading towards that path and it leads to destruction. And the Bible even teaches us again in Proverbs 14, 12 and many other scriptures, but specifically Proverbs 14, 12, that there is a way that seems right to a person, but the end of it is destruction. The end of it is hell, okay? All these so-called many ways, such as hmm, the Islamic faith, mm-hmm, the Mormonism, the Mormons, whatever you call them, the Jehovah Witnesses, all these uh, various folk Chinese religions, these are all dead ends. These are all wide gates that lead to destruction and lead to death. That is really what the Lord Jesus is teaching here. And this brings something to mind. I heard this one from a preacher, and it is so true that Christianity is a faith of exclusivity and inclusivity. What do I mean by exclusivity? It means that it excludes all false ways to the true living God, such as, such as the Islamic faith, the Jehovah Witnesses who reject the deity of Christ, the Mormonisms who reject Jesus Christ as God, Confucianists, all these various Chinese religious folk, folk religions, whatever you call them. True Christianity excludes all of these false religions. But it is inclusive, meaning that it includes everyone who believes that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. So Christianity does not exclude people who truly believe in Jesus. It really only includes those who believe in Jesus Christ as the Messiah. Okay? And boy... That is the narrow gate. And just a few people 
who find it is unfortunate. But we cannot give up on people. We still have to preach the gospel and give everyone an opportunity to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he died for their sins. He was raised on the third day and he is available to have a relationship with them if they so desire. So we still have to preach that good news. All right, moving on here to verse 15. Whenever the teaching of Jesus Christ is uh, proclaimed, there is always the potential for false prophets. So Jesus Christ just came from teaching us about the narrow and the wide gate. He will now talk about true and false prophets. Verse 15, watch out for false prophets. The Lord said, they come to you in sheep clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. Whoa. Mm -hmm. By their fruit, you will recognize them. What is the Lord saying here by their fruit? Meaning that by their lifestyle, okay, a lot of false prophets, false teachers are really only concerned about three things, unfortunately. Pride, they are more concerned about elevating themselves. They do not point people to Jesus Christ or to the true living God. False teachers and false prophets, their primary goal or their MO is to point people to themselves. That is pride. And number two, they are after your wallet. Mm -hmm. They are after money. And unfortunately, if they are men, they are after sex, sexual immorality. So you would know by their fruits, really, if a prophet or a teacher is false or is genuine. The Lord Jesus went on to explain there, still again in uh, verse 16, do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs? From thistles, likewise, this is verse 17 now, every good tree bears good fruits, but a bad tree bears bad fruits. Such as a bad or false prophet will always yield bad fruits. So true. I don't have to even teach on this. Self-explanatory. Verse 18, a good tree cannot bear bad fruit and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Verse 19. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, verse 20, by their fruit you will recognize them. Keep in mind in context the Lord is teaching about false and good prophets. By their fruit by their lifestyle, you will recognize them. So we have to be discerning to watch and to monitor, observe a teacher or a prophet's teaching over time. The only way to tell who is a good and a bad or a false and a genuine prophet, number one, if you are a child of God, the Holy Spirit in you will warn you. Mm-hmm. Number two, their lifestyle. Surely, are they pointing people to Jesus Christ, to the true living God? Are they preaching the truths in the word of God? Or are they pointing people to themselves? 
Are they manipulating you, deceiving you to get money from you? Are they manipulating you to practice sin? Those are evidences of false prophets. By their fruit, by their lifestyle over time, God will expose them. So we really, this is not saying that we have to be quick to, to judge that a prophet or a teacher is false. We have to give it time, observe if their lifestyles matches what they preach. Mm-hmm. If their lifestyles are consistent over a period of time with the true teachings of Jesus Christ as expressed in the Bible. This is easy. And God exposes all false prophets. It's a matter of time. God exposes all false teachers. It's a matter of time. Nowadays, we have the Bible. We really have no excuse to be following a teacher thoughtlessly. We just have to go and double-check their teachings in the Bible, and the Holy Spirit will reveal it to us. Which is why in my own ministry, whenever I teach, I tell people to always go back to the Bible and check out what I am teaching them because I am 100% confident they will find it in the Bible. And which is why, as I am teaching this podcast, I stay within the confines of God's Word. I teach you what the Bible says. You can verify it yourself. So it is important that we take the time to double-check people's teachings to make sure they are consistent with God's Word as revealed in the Bible. Alrighty then, moving on here. The Lord Jesus is going to also talk about true and false disciples or followers. Verse 21, the Lord continues, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. So true. What is the Lord saying here? Boy, not, there are many people who say, they are Christians, i.e. they are followers of Jesus Christ, but they are not. They are deceiving themselves. Going to church does not make you a Christian. Going to serve people, go, giving your money to the poor, that doesn't make you a Christian. The Lord Jesus is so clear. Only those who do the will of my Father. What is the primary will of God? That we accept Jesus Christ as the Son of God. That we accept Jesus Christ as the only way, the truth, and the life. Numero uno. That's the heart of God. Accept Jesus Christ as his only begotten Son. Only those who have truthfully accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and have truthfully denounced all other false ways, are truly followers of Jesus Christ. So let me ask you, which category do you belong to? Have you truthfully accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? If not, you can change that today. So don't be deceived. If you don't remember a moment in time when you've personally asked Jesus Christ to come into your life and you've been going to church, it's okay. You can ask him right now to do that. If you're not sure, you better be 100% certain. Okay? Those are the ones that Jesus said are his true disciples or followers. Moving on here, verse 22. 
the Lord continues, Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, on that day here, he's referring to the day of judgment. Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Verse 23, then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Boy, whew, that is sad. And this will happen on that last day. You want to be certain that you know Jesus personally and he knows you personally. It is not enough to say, I know of Jesus. It is not enough to say, I know Jesus. Does he know you? Mm-hmm. You see, because there are many people who have a head knowledge of Jesus Christ. That is not what the Lord is talking about. There are many people who know of Jesus Christ. That is not what the Lord is talking about. The Lord is talking about a heartfelt knowing that you have placed your faith in his redemptive finished work on the cross. You have accepted him as your Lord and Savior. Then he knows you. If you haven't done that, he doesn't know you. And on the last day, it doesn't matter how you prophesy. It doesn't matter how often you went to church. It's not going to matter how you gave money to the church. If you have not asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart personally, he says he does not know you. That is scary. So it is important that you get straight with God right now. Okay. Moving on here to the last section of the Lord's teaching here. This uh, information beginning here in verse 24 all the way to verse 27. This information is also found in Luke 6, 47 through 49. It is pertaining to the wise and the foolish builders. Before I even get to this, a quick illustration. I was born in Cameroon, West Africa. I remember that when I was a little girl, I used to see builders building homes and they would use um, uh, blocks, what we call blocks to build certain types of homes. And I remember seeing them, the builders digging the foundation so deep. And at times the foundation would go beyond uh, 12 or even 15 feet deep into the ground and I would come back many years uh, later I would see that same home would be all built and it would stand up so erect and believe it or not it stands erect but the foundation is so deep beyond 15 feet below the ground why is that so that that house would be built on a solid foundation. So in the event of, say, a, a tornado or some aggressive wind or any kind of natural disaster, that house will not crumble easily. Also, when I was growing up, I saw people building what we used to call mud homes. They built homes out of mud. And I also saw homes built out of what is called bamboos. Uh, those are like sticks. Those homes, on the other hand, didn't have solid foundations. Okay? In a massive, aggressive wind or 
tornadoes, those homes will just crumble, fall, fall apart. So what the Lord is about to teach us is how to build our homes, or i.e. our personal lives, with a solid foundation. And these verses really could literally mean a physical house, like I just described the homes I saw growing up, uh, and it really is direct application to how we live our lives in this dark world. So with that illustration, let's read this. Verse 24, the Lord continues, Therefore, everyone, this is amazing, he had just come from teaching us about false and true prophets and about true and false disciples. And now the Lord said, therefore, <laughs> is there for a reason. Mm -hmm. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Verse 25, the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Remember, I gave you that illustration about growing up and I saw houses being built on a solid foundation with blocks and the, and the foundation was deep, deep, deep beyond 15, even 20 feet deep into the ground. Praise the Lord. This is Dr. Ruth. Thank you for joining me today as we study God's word. Friend, as this ministry is blessing you, I want to speak to your heart. Would you consider blessing us back with a one-time donation or become a Christ-centered partner? As a Christ-centered partner, you join hands with us and with the Lord in the middle and you pray for us on a regular basis we pray for you on a regular basis and then you bless us financially with whatever amount the Lord puts in your heart and the primary way we will use your financial donation is to pay for studio time so we can produce more Bible teachings like this and to reach more and more people this is God's will for you for myself and for the body of Christ that we give into his work so we can reach many more people. And God is so faithful. He has told us throughout his word that he will bless us back abundantly, exceedingly, as we give right back into his work. One scripture you can stand on is Luke 6.38. God will bless you back as you give into this fruitful ministry so we can pay for studio time to produce more shows and reach more people. I also want to leave you with this scripture just to strengthen you to know that when you give into God's work, God takes it seriously. Deuteronomy 15.10 teaches, Give generously okay, to them and do so without a grudging heart. Then because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hand to. That is a promise that when you give into God's work, God will take it seriously and he blesses you back abundantly. So friend, as you have been blessed by these teachings, we thank you in advance for blessing us back. So here are some ways you can donate into this ministry anywhere in the world. All you need is internet access. Here is our safe and very secure website, drruthtanyi.org slash donate. Again, it is drruthtiny.org slash donate. 
you can make a donation right there whatever the lord puts in your heart we receive it and we say thank you if you live in the usa we also receive donations through zell and here is the telephone number is 909-501-9031 again 909-501-9031 we also receive donations through cash app the address there is the dollar sign dr ruth tani again the dollar sign Dr. Ruth Tani, uh, that is for Cash App. And we thank you abundantly for investing into this fruitful ministry. And together, we are advancing God's work and transforming lives. So we thank you for your donation. And God will bless you back abundantly, exceedingly. Here is the teaching. Verse 26, the Lord continues now. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. Verse 27, the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. So true. Listen, this is so powerful. What is the Lord teaching us here? There are two types of people the Lord is describing here, or two types of houses, the wise builder and the foolish builder, okay? The wise and the foolish builder, in other words, you could say, hmm, the wise and the unwise Christian, or the wise Christian and the unbeliever, they both heard the word of God. Mm -hmm. He said it, that both heard the word of God, but one listened attentively, that's a wise builder, and they practice what the Lord taught or what the Lord is teaching. The other one, the foolish builder, is a person who listens to the word of God. They may believe it or they may not believe it, but they don't practice. And because they listen, they don't practice it. They are not building their house or building their lives around the principles or around the teachings in the word of God, which are the only principles that can sustain you in times of crisis. Let's go back and reread this. Then I will explain verse by verse because this is so powerful. Verse 24, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. So we see the Lord saying here that anyone who listens to his word, okay, and puts them into practice is wise because you will be building your life around a solid foundation, he just he is describing his word, i.e. the word of God, as a rock which is solid. Okay? The rain, if your life is built around the word of God, meaning if you practice the word of God, if you adhere to the principles taught by the by the Lord in his word, the storms in this life and storms will always come. That's what verse 25 is referring to. The rain came down, the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. If your lifestyle is built around the principles taught in the word of God, regardless of the storms in life, you will not easily crumble. Storms will come. What do storms look like? 
terminal diagnosis. Mm -hmm. Diagnosis of cancer, heart disease, and giving few months to live. Divorce. Financial hardship. Wayward child. Failed relationships. Financial hardships. These are the storms in life that will come. But if you have built your life around the principles of God's word, if you have been adhere, adhering to the teachings in the Bible, practicing them, you will not easily fall apart when this crisis come upon you. Everyone will face crisis. Okay? And then going to verse 26, the Lord said, But everyone who hears this word of mine and does not put them into practice is foolish. It's a foolish person because you have built your house on a sand that cannot stand. Okay? If your lifestyle is being... <laughs> or if you live your life based on what other people are telling you, if you are not adhering to the teachings in the Bible, if you are not walking in obedience, if you are not practicing the word of God, then when crisis come your way, you will crumble. You won't be able to sustain. It's true. Remember, these two builders, the wise and the foolish, they both listen to the word of God and they both will face crisis. You see, I put it this way. Circumstances in life does not make you or they don't make you become who you are. They just reveal what's on the inside of you. I had my sister put it this way, that you can go to the store and buy a brand new toothpaste in an attractive looking case. You don't know what's inside that toothpaste until you squeeze it out. So true. When you are faced with the storms in this life, the hardships, that is when you show the world who really is on the inside of you. That is when people can tell if you truly have been practicing the word of God, who really is your boss, who really you've been listening to, who really you've been trusting. Is it the word of God? Have you been trusting the teachings of Jesus Christ? Have you been obeying the Holy Spirit? Because if you have, then you will sustain. But if you crumble, if you easily crash, if you easily fall apart like a wimp in times of crisis, it reveals that as much as you might have told people you go to church, you study the word, it just reveals that you have not been practicing what the Bible teaches. And the word of God has not really taken root in your heart. That is just the truth. This is not meant to condemn you, but this is meant to help you to evaluate. Because circumstances reveal who we are. Okay? And again, the Lord Jesus is really highlighting the importance of being a doer of the word of God. Because it is only the doers of the word of God who receives the blessings. It is only the doers of the word of God who can sustain crises and hard times in this dark world because we live in a fallen world. So now or later, things are going to go bad. How are you going to react? Really, your reaction reveals how you have been building your lifestyle. All right? That is really what the Lord has 
been teaching us there. So we have to be careful that we build our house based on the word of God. So moving on here, and even before I go to that next verse there, uh, James 1 verses 22 through 27 is really saying the same thing about being the doer of the word of God and practicing the word of God, that is what James is saying, consistent with what the Lord Jesus is teaching us here. So we come to the last verses in this chapter, verse 28. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he thought as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. Hallelujah. So Jesus taught with authority because it is his authority. Okay, one with God. He taught the word of God with boldness, sincerity, and with authority. He did not quote the scribes. He did not teach like the Pharisees or the scribes who had to quote another Pharisee or another scribe. Jesus was his own authority. And he was one with God. So he taught the word of God with godly authority and it was noticeable. So the crowd, the people there, were amazed at his teaching because he was convincing. So that brought us to the end of chapter 7 and to the end of Jesus' powerful, timeless teachings called the Sermon on the Mount or the Beatitudes. Don't you just like the way the whole thing ended, that he thought with authority and people were amazed? Okay, so now, what are the major principles and applications we have learned from this powerful chapter. Principle number one, we learned about righteous judgment, that we should judge or evaluate people righteously only based on God's word. We should not be quick to judge people based on outward appearances because we don't know people's intentions and thoughts 100%. We are not gods. We are not little gods. Okay. Principle number two, we should continuously seek God, ask God, and knock at heaven's gate, if you will, because God is always willing. We should not give up seeking and asking and to get deeper and deeper into the things of God. Principle number three, we have to be very discerning of false teachers. I talked about that, what to watch for. And we have to evaluate ourselves if we are true followers of Jesus Christ. And we also learned about building our house or our lifestyles surrounding the principles or the teachings in the Word of God, which is the only solid foundation that can sustain us in times of crisis. We learned all that. And really... What is the application here? It is obvious. The application is the word of God. Okay? Because it is only the word of God that you believe and you practice that will enable you to walk in truth, to overcome crisis, to really live in this dark world. Because Jesus Christ came to give us life abundantly, exceedingly. And Jesus Christ wants us to enjoy in this present age, not just when we go to heaven. So we have to be very careful how we live our lives. Not like the foolish, 
So let me ask you, how are you living your life? Who do you allow to speak into your life? Mm -hmm. Where do you get your advice from? From the world? From Dr. Phil? From Oprah? Or from the word of God? Okay? Really, the foolish person, it could be a carnal Christian or an unbeliever, is really living their lives based on human philosophies and reasoning. That is stupid because those are not truths. Those are truths with small t. There is one truth with the capital T, the truth found in the word of God. You don't want to build your life based on human reasoning and philosophies. Those things fluctuate. They come and go because they are not truths. Only the word of God is sustainable because Jesus Christ is the revealed word of God. And Jesus Christ is constant. He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. If you are a Christian who is carnal, meaning making decisions based on what you see, based on what everybody else in the world is doing, God wants you to stop that. Don't build your life or your house around philosophies or based on feelings and emotions that are fleeting, that changes every minute. Build your life around Jesus Christ. He is the only constant person. And don't build your life based on immediate gratification. That will be foolish. And don't build your life based on thoughtless actions. That would be foolish. You want to make sure that your life is rooted and grounded with a solid foundation. Deep, deep, deep. So when you listen to the word of God, don't just be a listener. Be a doer. Practice the word of God and trust the Holy Spirit to enable you with power to do what the Bible says to do. As an example, the Bible says forgive. Do you forgive people who have offended you? Are you walking in love? Because if you are not, then you are foolish. But if you do, then guess what? You are wise because you would have love around you, you would have peace around you, and you would have joy around you. The Bible says give. Do you give into God's work? Or do you give at all? Where are your treasures? Are you planting godly seeds? Are you giving? Are you serving God? Because if you are not, then you are foolish. You want to make sure that you have your bank account in heaven, not a physical bank hiding money that the stock market can crash and you can lose all of that. You want to invest in kingdom business because that is eternal. That is permanent. That is sealed. You want to live lives that obey God because that is when you truly live a purposeful and meaningful life. Such that when the storms of this world come at you, you can say with confidence and certainty that Jesus Christ has this control over your life. That Jesus Christ will take care of it. You want to have deep roots in your relationship with God, not be superficial. Okay? And, and also, I have said this over and over almost throughout every chapter so far. 
If you have not accepted Jesus Christ, he talked about the narrow and the wide gate. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. It's not difficult. You have to open your heart to believe it. If you do, believe it. The Bible says all you have to do is confess it and ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart, come into your life, and he will come into your heart and change you and make you a new person. So if you've never done that, it's simply to say, Dear God, and if you are driving, please say this simple prayer I'm about to say with your eyes open. Or you can pull over if you want. Or if you are at home, it's very okay to go on your knees and just raise your hands towards the skies. That is a position of surrendering. Just say, dear God, forgive me for all of my sins. I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ died for my sins. And on the third day, he was raised from the dead. I receive his forgiveness of my sins right now. Dear Jesus, I invite you into my heart and change me into a new person. By faith, I believe you have accepted me. By faith, I declare I'm a true disciple. I'm a true follower. Thank you, God. Dear God, fill me right now with your Holy Spirit so I can start to learn how to live as a true disciple of Jesus Christ. Thank you, God, for accepting me. In Jesus' name, amen. Friend, if you said that genuinely for the first time, based on the authority of God's word, you are a true follower of Jesus Christ. So what you need to do now is start going to church genuinely because you want to know God, study your Bible, Contact us so we can send you free materials to help you grow in your relationship with God through Jesus Christ. I welcome you into God's kingdom. And I pray for all of you, Father God, I come to your throne in the name of Jesus. We thank you for these timeless, powerful teachings we've gone over today. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are in our lives to reveal more of God to us. We believe by faith today, you are leading and you're guiding us unto all truths. We thank you, Father God, for you are a faithful God. Father, I thank you for your protection over everybody today who is listening to me. I thank you, Father, that you have spoken to their hearts and you will take these teachings and reveal it to them personally how to apply it into their lives and we are expecting godly results because you are faithful i believe by faith you have answered this prayer and in jesus name i pray and everybody who agrees says amen we hope that you have been truly blessed edified and equipped with the timeless teachings of our lord out of the sermon on the mount now you have to live it out daily, right? Remember, with the help of the Holy Spirit, all things are possible. So we pray that God will continue to strengthen you daily as you step out in faith and apply the principles we have just learned. Until next time, stay in his blessings. I am Chris Oram. Goodbye. Goodbye.